Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Ready for this this new series here on the River of God? I don't know about you, but uh, I I love rivers because there's something peaceful about being just sitting by a river and seeing just the. I, I love just even the sound of of water. Um, that just that there's something about that that's that's tranquil. And and I know here in the body of Christ, we've had several who who've lost loved ones. Rod's lost lost his wife recently. Leanne lost her dad recently, and. Um, you know, and there's those seasons. It's it's funny how in in all, all my years of being in church, it's like they come in multiples. So when one dies, it seems like you get several deaths at the same time, several cancers at the same time, several COVIDs at the same time, uh, and so it just seems like we're going through a season like that. Um, and I know that in even in these difficult times, the Bible says that God walks with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. That God walks with us, and even in these these moments, sometimes I think God sort of brings them together at a time so that we can. There's a mutual comfort in it, and and a mutual strength in it. Knowing uh, one of my my uh, good friends in Hawaii, his brother just passed a couple of days ago, and so we've been texting back and forth. His brothers in the UK, and he was there, and, um, and he said, you know, there's something about it. it um, I think Rodney said you said it was like my heart's being tenderized, you know, and 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 he's uh, similar words. He just said, you know, it really makes uh, you much more sensitive to what others are walking through these times. As we're just kind of comforting each other and just saying how how good it is to be able to strengthen each other in these moments like that. And that's the body of Christ, you know, that God comes alongside us and we share that comfort together. And I want to encourage us as the body of Christ to whenever people walk through difficulties, you know, come come close. Come alongside, rather than pulling back. Um, and and some will will hurt, and it's and it's okay if some are like you know just I just need some alone time. That is really okay, you know. You just come back after and then love them again. Don't feel like put off um, that they they weren't ready to to they just needed some alone time. That's also okay. Uh, and and if you're that type of person and, and people are trying to express love, or just say hey, you know, I just need some time, and that's really all right. Uh, that's how we walk together as a family. We're just sensitive to each other, um, and and we support each other through these times. And we we walk with people as they walk. Some people just want to crowd around them in those times of grief, and others just you know want to be alone. And and either is okay. As a body of Christ, we we're just gonna we we don't abandon people regardless of what they walk through or how they walk through it. We just commit to to be with each other in those moments. So. Um, so let's be a loving uh, a church. I think this is the time when we, we need to gather around people like Leanne and Rodney, you know, and Terry and uh, different ones uh, who just going through grief like that, um, be, because it's a, a, a moment. It's a, in a moment in their life when their lives can really be marked by the love of God. Uh, I love how Paul said it. I want to know Christ in the fellowship of His suffering, because if I share with Him in His death, I can share with Him in His life. And so we're we're as a body of Christ. We're going to share together. Is that all right? Yeah, because church is—it's not just a religious activity. It's not just a—it's a, a, not just an, a, an event. It's really a, a family and a body that comes together and we walk with each other through life and we share. Uh, and so, all right, is that okay? Are we good? Yeah. All right. So let's let's do that. Let's walk together uh, and and let's share the love of God. 
And that's what this uh, river of God is about. Before we jump into the river of God, I, I want to share with you something. Um, one of the ways that, that we walk together is um, sharing not only just on Sundays, but really throughout the week. We, we as a body, we, we want to come together and strengthen each other and walk together. So a few of the things that we do, one, we have like a, a, just a daily re- reading program that we all are kind of reading through together. So we all read similar, uh, the same parts of scripture together, and then we can share with each other um, what, what God's speaking to us. And um, there's just something about all being in the word together, going through the same things. That's just helpful. So I want to encourage you um, that if you do daily reading, just to jump on with, with that. And, and, and then we have our small groups that meet during the week where you can get together with a few folks and just be able to share together, share life together. So I want to encourage you to, to jump on those as well. In fact, we're, we have something coming up that's going to help us all jump in that together. And it's called the Red Letter Challenge, the workbook there. And so what it is, is we as a church are going to be going through just the, the red letters refers to the fact that different uh, Bibles uh, have the words of Jesus in, printed in red ink so that you can tell which, what are the things that Jesus actually said. And so the red letters means we study actually the teachings and the, the words of Jesus. Um, and so for six weeks, we're going to be going through just different words of Jesus, what he spoke in, and major themes that Jesus talked about in his own words. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're, we're, we're kind of pulling everything together. So on the Sundays, we'll be preaching about these different topics of things that Jesus uh, focused on. And then in our small groups, we'll be doing small group studies based around those same topics. And then we also have these workbooks um, that we'll be all going through. It has a little lesson to go through every day. And so what we, these all come together in the same topic. Now you can do just, if you just come here, the, the sermons, that's going to be great. We're going to hit the topic. If you only do the, the small groups, you don't need to have gone through the sermon and you don't need to have the workbook. Um, so all, the, all three of stand alone, but they all work together. Does that make sense? So if you don't have a workbook, can't go through this stuff, you can still go to the small groups and you'll get, you'll get blessed. You won't have, feel like you're lost. Uh, and if you can't do the workbook or the small group, you can still come to the Sunday and the sermons will, will, be, will still bless you. you won't, they're not dependent on each other. But you get more out of it when you're doing all three together. Does that make sense? And so we want to, it's a great way for, for you to, to, if you've never been in, our, in our, one of our connect groups, it's a great way to get started. In fact, I think Wednesday and Thursday nights, we're just going to have a uh, meet up here for those who are not in a connect group or want to start a new connect group. They can just come here and we'll watch the video together and break into small discussion groups. Um, and then all of, our, all of our connect groups are also going to be doing that together. So as a church, we're all going to be doing the same thing. So if you've never been in a connect group, this is a great time. To, to join in and to, to get involved and build those relationships because that's really where the life happens uh, is in our connect groups. Um, and so to also, if you, if you wanted to start one but wanted to, didn't, didn't know how, never led a, a connect group before, this is a great time to get trained. Just come on on the Wednesday or the Thursday night and lead one of the discussion groups. It's kind of like an easy entrance into learning how to lead a connect group. All right, so that's just on the side because that's really exciting. It's going to start the week after Easter. Uh, and I, I just love... I love focusing on Jesus, and I love just going back to what he's said to us and looking at his life, because in the end, follow him. Following him is really what Christianity is about. That's what he said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Yeah, and that kind of sums up Christianity, and so I love these moments when we really just get to focus in on Jesus together, and the fact that we'll do it all as a church together, um, it's really kind of cool. 
All right, so that's my uh, commercial for today. Let's get <laughs> all right. <laughs> River of God. Uh, getting excited to share about this. This is a topic I really love talking about the River of God. Uh, it seems like I, I say that every time I start a new series, like, oh, I really love this topic. You know, I, I think I just love too many topics. Um, but the River of God is, has been one of those topics that just has, has woven itself throughout my life. Um, and just some of my favorite passages are about the, the river of God because the river of God actually speaks of God's blessing in our lives. And God's intention, God's, his character, his nature is that God is good. And his desire is to bring blessing into our lives. But so often we have a false picture of what that blessing looks like. And so we live these lives that are kind of just dysfunctional and, and out of balance, off-center, um, because we're pursuing what we think is what God wants and we, we miss the point. So we get involved in religion, we, we get involved in trying to use God to be like our personal you know, ATM, our personal servant. We, we have all these false concepts of what Christianity should be and the way to get blessing from God. Uh, and, and the Bible tries to just keep simply simplifying it and bringing it back to the same things. Uh, and so sometimes I always feel like when I'm, when I'm preaching, I think, Man, I just feel like I'm preaching the same message over and over and over again. Uh, that's because in some ways the Bible is, God makes Christianity in some ways very simple so that everyone can, can access him. And yet it's not easy. It's simple, but not easy. It really takes our best efforts, the help of others, and the grace of God. And those three things coming together are really what, what produce um, the grace of God in our lives and the fruit of God in our lives and the kind of life that God intended for us to live. And so I know God's heart for you is that you would be filled, what the Bible says, with, with the abundant life, overflowing life. And that's our heart too. And so we're going to talk about that today as, as we enter into this two-part series on the river of God. I love this verse here. It's going to be our theme verse. It says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. There is a river that brings us joy, that gladdens our hearts. And that's why we love the river of God. Because when we, when we find the river of God, there's a, a different joy, a different refreshing that comes into our life. You know, there's a reason why uh, in, in ancient civilizations, all, all the, the ancient civilizations rose up around water sources and primarily rivers. All the great cities of the world all started around water sources. There's very few cities in the world that uh, are not around rivers. Uh, Jerusalem is one of them, but it, it sprung up because there was this well, this spring that kept coming up there. There's always a water source, but most all the great cities of the world are built around rivers and like Taipei, right? the Dom City River running right through it. Uh, New York City, where I came from, you have on one side the East River, on the other side you have the Hudson River. And, and it's these rivers that bring life. It's these rivers that bring commerce. It's these rivers that um, uh, are, are the, the very lifeblood and life stream of the rivers. And, and most early, civil, when you talk to historians, they say early civilizations, it was all about, um, uh, I forget the, the technical term for it, but it was really control of the, of, the, of the waterways, was really where you got your power from. If you were the dominant force in the areas because you controlled the waterways in the area. 
And so life really flowed from, river, from, from the rivers, from the water. And I don't know if you've ever lived, tried to live without water. Um, it's tough. You can live a lot longer without electricity. And you can last a lot longer without food. But kind of trying to go without water, uh, it's, it makes life so difficult. I remember when we had a, a huge storm in, in Guam, a big typhoon there, and wiped out uh, the, all, all the, the, the water stations, the electricity. And so all the water stations, uh, water wells were either contaminated or inoperable. And so there's no water on the island except for the military. And so only the U.S. military bases had protected water source. And so they had the water. And luckily, our home, even though we're not on the military base, uh, we were on the military water line. And so our house in our church, we're the only house with water. And so all, all the whole church would gather at our house. You know, we'd have uh, hoses all hooked up, you know, no electricity but water. People would come there, take showers, listen to a, a toilet flush, you know. <laughs> uh, just so, you know, was, um, and, and it was for a couple of weeks that people had no water. So you know, then everybody came and the guys were all just camping out at the house, all on the floors. Everybody was just sleeping there because water is, you gather around water. Life happens around water. And this is, this is the, the, the picture that God is painting when he talks about the river of God. It's the place. I tell you, so many people, when they, when they would come to our house and they would hear the, the toilet flush, these big smiles, you know, get a shower after so many days. It's just like, ah, oh, you know, brings a smile to your face. That's how the river of God makes, makes glad that the city of God. And as a church, if you read on our, our website, the first thing we describe ourselves as is we're a joy-filled community of people. And that's our, that's our aspiration. Uh, but also it's, 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 um, it's in many ways, you know, I, I love when people come here, they say, I love the community. I just feel so good when I come here. I love people who, who, even, who aren't even Christians yet. Like, ah, I'm not sure, sure yet I, I received Jesus or accept Christianity, but I, I love the community. There's, there, should, there should be something about our Christian community that should be attractive. We've got the God of the universe with us bringing life and joy. That should be attractive, right? And so we always want anybody to be able to come here and feel like there's something there for me. And when I come, I feel better. When I leave, I feel better than, than, than when I came. So there's this river. And so as we, we learn to tap into the river of God, we'll start to learn the joy and the grace that comes from that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we talk today about the river of God. I pray, Lord God, that you would just guide the conversation. And Lord, in this moment, we just invite your Holy Spirit to come and to minister to our hearts. That, that as your Spirit speaks, Lord God, um, to each and every one of us, that he would speak words of life, words of encouragement, words of strength, words of conviction, words of repentance that would turn our hearts towards you. Uh, let this mo these moments that we spend together uh, cause us to be followers of you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Um, Looking at the end of the end of the Bible, the the the, um, the last book in the Bible, Revelations. Here's where we end up. It's interesting when you uh, when you read through the Bible. If you started in Genesis, and all of us at the beginning of the year, the good Christians, we say, "I'm going to read through the Bible this year." Start at Genesis. You know, we all read the story of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was was it describes itself as being bounded by these different rivers around it. 
So God had this garden with rivers. And so rivers are there in the creation and in the place where God placed man. God placed man in the Garden of Eden and, and surrounded by rivers. And then in the book of Revelation, where we end up, we go from a garden, we end up in a city. And, and in that city, in Revelation 22, it starts to describe the city of God. It says, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And that's powerful there because the, the river of life, the, the Bible says, it flows from the throne of God. And what that represents is the place where God's presence is. In fact, the scripture says in, in the book of Psalms that, that wherever we worship God, God actually puts his throne there. Creates in worship, becomes like a throne room for God. And so then his presence is there. And that's why we worship as a church. Uh, that's why we sing songs at the, at the beginning, is to turn our hearts towards God in worship and to say, God, this place is your space. We want you to come and put your throne here. We want you to rule and reign here because when God is in control, when God is ruling and reigning, everything else falls into place. And so when we as a church begin to worship God, then what happens is God, the Bible says, when two or three come together and do that, he, he places his throne here. And what he also does is we turn our hearts towards God is our hearts become a throne room for his presence. And so our, our desire is that as you come here, you not only experience the presence of God through worship, but that you also learn the practice of creating space for the presence of God through worship. Because God doesn't just come here. God is with us all the time. We know this to be practically and theologically true that God is omnipresent. So he's everywhere. But what worship does is it makes us aware of him. And it makes us acknowledge him as he truly is, the Lord of our lives. And that we can worship God anywhere, at any time, and put him on the throne of our hearts. And then from his rulership in our lives, things start to just come into place. Because that's the fruit of Jesus' lordship in our lives. And so the river of God, this life of God, this joy that comes from God, actually emanates from the throne of God, from the presence of God. And so it's very similar when we talked about uh, new wine, how new wine comes from that place of being rooted in Christ. And the river of God comes from that place of making Christ Lord in our lives, from the throne of God. And that water of life, it flows from the throne of God. It flowed down the center of the main street. And I love how it doesn't just belong here in the Christian gathering, but the Bible says it flows out into the main street, flows out into the streets of the city. And that's the purpose of the river of God. It's not just to be here in church, but it's for us to take the presence of God with us onto the streets because that's where people need the river of God. They need the blessing of God. They need the life of God. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. And I love this, that, that every month there's a fresh crop of fruit being produced. And so, you know, I don't know, uh, when you live in a tropical place, a lot of times um, 
there's there's fruit all the time. Like in Hawaii, there's fruit all the time. But you know, there's mango season when when the mangoes are good, and there's passion fruit season, and and, and so many fruits have these seasons. And if you go shopping, it's strawberry season. I think we just came through strawberry season. I don't know what are we coming into now. Plum season, whatever. I don't know all the seasons. I'm horrible at those kinds of things. Not a good botanist. But uh, but some people like they really know. Okay, now's the time to get peaches. It's peach season. Okay, now's the time to get apples. Apple season. Uh, I I think in 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 the states they always just try to float fly fruits in from all around the world. So if it's the you know if it's apple season in the northern hemisphere, then next is in the southern hemisphere. And but but in God's kingdom, there's just fruit all year round. Fruit always in season. God always has provision for us. And so when we live near, with the river of God flowing in our lives, then we find pro provision in every season in our lives. That God is always our provider. And that's God's intention for us. God's intention is that he would always provide and we would always have. And when we find ourselves in lack in our lives, it's just we need to tap back into that river of God. So that God can then bear fruit in that season. And, and the, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. And there's healing when we come to the river of God. And so it's so important for us to learn how to come to the river of God. Because we get busted up in life. We get broken. We get disappointed. Stuff happens in life to Christians and non-Christians. We all will walk through times of difficulty, times of grief. We'll walk through times of disappointment. We'll walk through times when it feels like there's, we don't have enough and times when we, we feel like it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. So we'll all walk through these seasons in life, but where we find sustenance is when we come back to that river of God. That's when the healing starts to come. And, and some people say, well, that's just about, God's just talking about heaven. You know, it's revelations, it's God looking at heaven, that's, that's on eternity. But the truth is, we're not going to have sickness in heaven. So when it talks about healing coming through these trees, that's for us now in this life. And so when it talks about this river of God, it's not just looking at heaven to come, the future, but it's saying this is the reality of life that God intends for us now. In other words, we're to live in the presence of the throne of God now. God's intention for us is that we would have the river of God flowing in our lives now. That we would reap the benefits of God's provision, the sweetness of the fruit from the, tree, from the river of life now. That we would experience the healing touch of God in our lives now in this life. No longer, the Bible says, will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there and His servants will worship Him. And so worship is for now. And having the presence of God that eliminates the curses on our lives, that's for this life now. That's God's intention of how He wants us to live where we worship in His presence at the throne of God there's another passage uh, in the scriptures about the river of God in the book of Ezekiel. And this is the prophet Ezekiel kind of having a, like a prophetic vision that speaks truths to our lives. And, and, uh, and God takes him through this experience with the river of God that speaks to us. And so we're just going to unpack this, little, this passage for a, a few minutes here to understand how do we experience the river of God? 
What does it mean to, to, to get into the river of God or to have it in our lives? And so this, that, this uh, messenger from God, this angel from God took Ezekiel and he, and he, he took me along the stream. He says for uh, 1,750 feet, that's about 533 meters. So over 500 meters, he walked into this river and led me across. And the, the, the Bible says that the water was only up to his ankles. And what does that speak to us? That speaks to us that there's times in our lives when, as we walk with God, uh, if I don't know if you've ever been in, in a big river, but 500 meters into rivers, that's pretty far into the river. But it's only still an ankle deep as he's walking in, into the river. And so two things that that speaks to us. Number one is, is that you know, as we journey with God, there's going to be times when, when it doesn't feel like God is meeting our expectations. Like, I expected by 500 meters, by this amount of time that I'm putting into pursuing God, that I would have had more of God in my life. And, and this river of God speaks of the Spirit of God in our lives. And he says, but it's only up to his ankles. So that's significant in two, th two ways. Number one is, is that, yeah, sometimes we just have to be okay with it's, it's not yet up to the, the, the level of the spiritual impact in my life that I would want. But at the same time, I just need to keep walking in the Spirit. Scripture talks about in Galatians, if you walk in the Spirit, uh, you, you, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh or, or all these things that war against God's purposes in your life. And so stay the course. Keep walking in the Spirit. Even if it feels like, oh, there's not a lot there yet, you know. I'm, anybody ever experienced that? Felt like, this is not yet what I expected. It's just me and Rodney. <laughs> but that's, that's part of the Christian life, and it's part of experiencing the river of God. And, and you'll see that that happens throughout Scripture. That Like when the, when the children of Israel had to cross the Jordan River, they had to step into the river. And then when God started to part the river, he actually stopped the waters um, several miles up river, and so they say it would take like an hour before it actually dried out where they could walk. So they had to go step into the river and say, okay, God, what are you going to do? And just, the river just keeps going, <laughs> just going. And not till like an hour later till the water actually went down and they could actually finish walking across. The same thing when Moses crossed the Red Sea. He had to step into the waters before God parted the waters. And so often it's that faith, that trust that God's going to do it, even when it doesn't seem like it yet. So then he took me along another 500 meters, uh, and, and he led me across again, and the water was up to my knees. And so there we go. And, and, and you know, to me, that knees always to me speaks of just coming to my knees in prayer. And I need the Spirit in my prayer life. And that usually is where it begins, you know, as I, as I get on my knees in prayer. Prayer is so foundational to who we are as a church. I'm so excited we have a, a meeting of the, the, the prayer ministry team leaders uh, this afternoon after, after church. And I'm just excited to see our prayer ministry grow. Because when, when it starts there, as we, as we get filled with the Spirit, the place of our prayer, get into the river of God in the place of prayer, it'll, it'll spread to everything else. So it goes on another 500 meters, and then it's up to his waist. And the waist speaks of that place of power, the core of strength. It's the place where reproduction happens. And so then all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're now with the Spirit of God is, is coming in power. And, and life begins, begins to stir inside of us with the river of God as we enter into to God's presence. This is another 
500 meters and then it was too deep to walk across. Now you have to swim. And at some point, there's got to be a release of our life just to say, okay, now it's no longer me walking. It's going to let the Holy Spirit take me. God, you take me where you want me to go. And that really is, in the end, that's where the life is really at. That's where the joy and the most fun is really at. When, the, when that river begins to flow, uh, we, we used to have a, a surf ministry in, in a church in Hawaii. And I remember them going to South America. And they said, I'm going to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go check out the Amazon. And, and our goal is to go surf the, the, the Amazon River. Surf the river, you know, just, I'm from Hawaii. We don't surf rivers, we surf the ocean, you know. But uh, from Hawaii, they're going to, to the Amazon. And, and it turns out in the Amazon, when the, when the tide changes, you have these certain times when a huge wave up to, up, up to four meters, up to, tw- to three meters, is it four meters tall, this wave can, that is based on the tide changing. And so as the, as the tide changes, you have this wall of water, this surge of water that comes into the river. And guys ride it for hours. So it's the longest ride, surf ride. Is, the guys ride for hours just riding this wave uh, of, of this tidal surge coming in. Uh, and, and, and that's what God wants us to do, is just ride the wave in the river and to let the Spirit carry us. Because that's when we learn to really rest in the Lord and be led by the Spirit. So the Spirit there, is this, there's this, this power as we walk with the, with the Spirit. And, and here's some other things. Cleansing. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of, of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, the river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. And so what the river of God, when, when we allow then the river of God to flow into our lives, to be a part of our lives, it begins to clean out the junk that's there. And I don't know if you're like me, but I still got a lot of junk in my life. Thoughts, confusion, desires, things that I, I, I say and do that I know are, are, are not always pleasing to the Lord and not always on track with Him some of my attitudes that I have, not godly. But as we get into the river of God, then it starts to wash us out. It starts to clean us. It starts to purify us. It starts to purify us and in, in our relationships. And we all need that cleansing. That's like a natural river. You know, that's why, why civilizations will grow up around rivers, because of the, the cleaning. We all need water for, for cleansing. And we know here in Taiwan, in the, the last uh, few years, we've had big drought. And that's a big deal. If you don't have water, um, you really can't live. It also brings abundant life. Ezekiel uh, 47 verse 9 says, There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. And now when I hear swarms, I just think of mosquitoes and bugs, you know. Uh, That's not what I want. Uh, But here's what it says. The fish will abound in the Dead Sea. For its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fish, I like. And if you've ever been to the Dead Sea, but there's just there's no fish in the Dead Sea. They can't survive. But when the when the, when the, the river of life comes into it, it transforms it into a place of life. And you might think that about your workplace. You might think that about your, your school, your campus, like, ah, there's not much life there. There's nobody who really knows God. There's nobody who lives for God there. I don't feel the life there. But the Bible says when we carry the river of life into dead places, it will bring life. 
And so that's why it's so important for us to understand the river of life and how do we get that river of life inside of us? How do we become a source of the river of life? How do we get that river of life to flow, not just in church on Sunday, but we want it to flow in our, in our homes. We want our homes to be places of joy, places of life where people come in, they, they feel refreshed, they feel fed, they feel clean. We want that to be on our campuses that when we, when we walk on campus and we sit with people for lunch or talk with people after class, that they start to feel better. They say, no, when I talk to that person, I, I feel more joy. I, I feel like you know, wisdom comes into my life. Every time I talk to them, something they say always just, like, I feel like it adds to my life. They add value to my life. And that's what the river of God does. It starts to bring value. That's why the, the homes along the river you know, are always the, the nice, big, expensive homes. Because people love being along, along the river like that. Why? Because there's life. There's cleaning. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. And so that's the place that you start to look at your life and just say, God, I, I, need, the, I need your river in these areas of my life. Anybody have areas of your life where you need the river of God? I, I do, you know. And that's what we as, we, as we read the word, that it creates a hunger for more of God in us. Provision and healing come from the river. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fail. There will be always be fruit on their branches. And so we see that the river of God comes and, and it brings provision. There's fruit that's always going to be there. And healing, there will be a new crop every month. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. And, and I love this, this um, phrase there, the river, uh, the, the, the trees are watered by the river flowing from the temple. Because the Bible says this about the temple of God. You know, it's interesting when you, when you read in Revelation chapter 22, it talks about the city of God. And you read in, in Genesis, we talk about the Garden of Eden, the Garden of God that in neither of those places is there a church or a temple because the Bible says we're the temple of God. You and I, individually and jointly, we're, we're the temple of God. We're the place where God's presence is and we should be the place where the river of God flows from. We're the source of that river. As we tap into God's presence, as we root ourselves in Him, then we start to be changed and transformed and we become a place where the river of God flows from. We become the place where people come to find healing, whether it's physically or emotionally, spiritually, we find healing. They find sustenance and, 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 and can feed their souls. And so how this transformation comes, it says Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, talking about the river of God, it says, but forget all that. Everything from your past, you just need to start to leave the past behind. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. So what, what does this mean? It means that if we want the river of God, we have to be ready for a little bit of dis disruption in our lives. We have to be willing to, to, it can't just be life as usual, life the, the way we've been living it. We have to leave, there are going to be, have to be things from our past that we leave behind. For I'm about to do something new. And so we were talking about God, new wine, new wineskins. God is doing something new in our lives. And oftentimes the first thing that lets us know God is doing something new is God wrecks the old. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had something old in your life wrecked or something that was there just get blown apart? 
or get taken away. And we can get all frustrated with that, but what we want to do instead is recognize that when those things happen, it's usually because God wants to bring something new into our lives. And it's normally in those places of disruption and brokenness that God then starts to bring that river of life into us. See, I have, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so what happens is sometimes in our lives, things start to dry up. Things start to, to become a wasteland. And if you've ever had a, a, a relationship or a career that just all of a sudden becomes a wasteland, like I got fired, I, the promotions I thought I would get, and I'm five years now into it, I never get the promotions, uh, you know, the friendships that I used to have, my family starting to come apart, these different, my emotions, I used to be so in control of things, and now I find myself all the time just sort of a little broken and, and indecisive or, or in fear and insecurity. Uh, and we find these areas of brokenness in our lives, and God is saying, I, I want, that's where I want to bring my river. Because it's so often in the places of our brokenness and our pain that God actually wants to bring a strength and new life. It's, it's when the ground is, is, is plowed up and it's tilled up. That's the place where God wants to plant the seed and bring new growth. And so when you find yourself starting to get torn up, it's often because God is doing something new in your life. And, and what the enemy means for destruction in your life, we're just reading this morning in, uh, in, in the, at the book of Genesis where um, Joseph was saying, what you meant for hurt in, uh, about his brothers, what you meant for hurt in my life, God used for good. And this life, we live in a sin-broken world. I don't know if you've noticed. You know, there's, there's definitely good and evil in the world around us. And evil is always going to want to destroy our lives. The Bible says still kill and destroy our lives. And it's going to be working to break up our lives, to either blow us up or to bind us up. It's kind of how the two ways that, that evil works in our lives. We find ourselves just locked in and, 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 and you know, um, trapped, whether it's in addictions or emotions that we can't seem to break up or life, out of our life situations that we can't seem to change. Or it blows things up. The stuff we didn't want to change, all of a sudden just coming apart. And so often that's what happens in our lives. But really, yes, the enemy is trying to use that to steal, kill, and destroy. But God wants to use it to bring abundant life. He's going to plant a seed in that broken ground that's going to produce more fruit than we ever had before. And out of that brokenness will come up rivers of living water in your life if we'll tap into the river of God. That's God's intention in our lives. And you see, whenever like grief comes into our lives, these moments like, like uh, what uh, Terry and I are walking through now and her family, these moments of grief, uh, God brings those into our lives because when we handle grief well, then what happens is God makes us dispensers of comfort. And when we handle uh, poverty or lack well, then God wants to make us uh, dispensers of, of blessing and abundance. When we handle pain well in our lives, then God wants to make us ministers of healing. And it's, it's how we handle the disruptions in our lives that determine how the transformation and acceleration happen in our lives. Because disruption, the purpose of disruption is God wants to bring transformation and actually acceleration in our lives. It's kind of like that, that little caterpillar that thinks he's doing okay, just kind of crawling along, eating the leaves, you know, just going from limb to limb. And then all of a sudden, he finds himself, you know, wrapped up in, in the, the, the chrysalis, that the name of it, you know, and stuck there, right? 
And we this guy like in our lives, I was doing okay, kind of liking life, and then all of a sudden I just can't get anywhere. But the purpose of that is so transformation can come to become a butterfly. There, then there's a whole new freedom that we experience. So if you handle well the times of when it seems like I'm just bound up in, in captivity, if you handle those well by going to the Lord, and it's like what Paul did, right? He and Silas, when they were in captivity, they went to that place of worship, which created a throne room of God, and it transformed everything to bring them not only freedom, but to establish the church there, to bring whole families to the Lord, to taste the river of life. It's just when we handle the times when our lives get bound up or the times when our lives blow up, we, we, we think of the picture of, of like a, 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 a rocket taking off, SpaceX. You know? and these rockets, they're sitting there and everything's all good and all of a sudden it's just an explosion. <clears throat> and what we expect to blow everything up is actually meant to launch that rocket up. And in our lives, when the enemy comes in and brings blow up, sometimes we think it's just the enemy's trying to tear everything about. But God is saying, actually, I want to put you in a new orbit. orbit. I want, to, I, want, I want to accelerate your life. And so we feel like as a church, we're coming into a season of acceleration. And what that means is that as a church, we're probably going to come into a season of a lot of disruption. So sorry. <laughs> Apologize ahead of time. But you know, you got to get used to it. It's happening in the world around us. So all those in the banking uh, industry, and that just kind of multiplies. You know, if COVID wasn't enough, just one disruption after the next. And for some, those are times of fear and times to withdraw. But for God's people, those are the times to advance. Because God brings pathways in the wilderness, rivers in the dry wasteland. That's God's intention in those moments. On the last day of the feast, this is the, the, the last story here. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So Jesus is there. People are gathered all over in the, in the, in the temple. And Jesus says, hey, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And it's interesting because Jesus is not talking to his disciples there. He's actually talking to the masses who've come to the temple. And those are the same masses who cried out, crucify him. These are not, the, the temple are the people who are trying to kill Jesus. And so Jesus is speaking to those who are against him and saying, hey, you can come. Come and drink if you're thirsty. And, and, and you know, it's often those who are most in opposition who are most thirsty in our lives. So don't, don't be intimidated when people act like they're so against you. It's oftentimes just because they're the most thirsty for what you've got. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, we're to be the source of the river of life because our hearts are to be the throne room of Christ. And so today, as, as, we, as we come to a close, I want to just take a moment and, and, and just let's, let's just evaluate our hearts. And if there's areas of our life where we're not experiencing the life of God, that river of life, then we just say, Lord, you come and be Lord of that area in my life. You show me, God, if there's any areas in my life where you're not Lord. Because I want my heart to be a river of life. I want it to be a, 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 a place where that river of life just springs up. Because the river of life is not just for you. It's meant to flow out to others. So Jesus is saying here, your heart, out of your heart, not into your heart. He's saying, out of your heart is going to come rivers of living water. And see, that's the point of it. It's not just what we can consume 
It's not just quenching our thirst, but as we quench our thirst with the river of God, we become a place where the river of life can flow out to others who are thirsty because all around us there are people who are thirsty. But God's called you to be a source of the river of life. You know how I know? Because you're sitting here today. <laughs> and you wouldn't be sitting here if God didn't want you to hear what his word says. And he wouldn't have written in his word if he didn't want you to experience it and to live it out. And so God's called you, not the person sitting next to you, not the person sitting in front of you or back of you, but God's called you to be a source of the river of life. Because there are people where you live, where you go to school, where you work, people in your family who are thirsting. And so we, we need to live blessed lives. We need to live lives where the river of life is flowing. Why? Because others need that river. So would you stand with me? I know God's presence is here, and not just because we turn the lights down, though. <laughs> but it's because he's always here. That's his promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But it's up to us, really, to, to focus our hearts on him. He's always there. We just have to recognize his presence in our lives. And so before we close today, I just want to take a moment and, and just to, to slow our hearts, bow our heads, and... Take a breath and say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, make me aware of your presence in my life. And Father, you have your way in me. Because I, 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 I want to thirst for more of you. And you can just say, if you don't feel a hunger and a thirst after God, you say, God, give me a deeper hunger for you. Give me a deeper thirst for you. For some of us, that's where we're at. We just don't have a desire for more of God. And we just need to ask God, God, give me a a greater hunger for more of you. Others of us, we know areas of our life where we're not putting Jesus as Lord and where we're defiant against God. And that's going to just be a place where we just need to repent. We need to repent of the sin in our lives, turn from that sin, just turn back towards God. We have to humble ourselves and say, okay, God, I, I, I know that you really want what's best for me, that you really know what's best for me, and that you love me more than I even love myself. And so, Lord God, today I want to let your love have its way in me. I repent of my sin. I repent of my pride, my stubbornness. I repent of just rejecting you and doing my own thing. Father, my prayer is uh, for each one here. And I want you to join with me in this prayer, not only to pray for yourself, but let's pray for each other as a church. And, and so all of us, let's join in prayer and just say, God, help us. Help my brother on my right, my sister on my left. And help us as a church, Lord God, to have a deeper hunger and thirst for you. Lord, may we become sources of the river of life. God, may that river of living water flow out of our hearts into the dry places around us. God, may we be the river in the wasteland. May we be the river in the desert place. 
God, may people come to us to find healing. May people come to us to find abundance of life. May they come to us to find refreshing and cleansing. God, I pray, let that river flow. Let the river of God flow in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and fill each and every one of us to overflowing. Let us be, Lord God, vessels that you can use to, to carry life, to carry cleansing, to carry renewal. Father, we're just we're tired of, of just trying to be um, right. We're tired of try, trying to, 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 to be good in our own strength. We're tired of, of just living dry, empty lives. We're tired of just going through uh, religious exercises. But God, we, we want the reality of your life flowing through us. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, fill us to overflowing. Let us be a source of the river of life to others. pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.